This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hi, I am Balaji Ravindran, Chief Operating Officer at Markable. What I love about fashion tech is the innovation that is happening with the visual and the voice recognition technology in the fashion space is enormous. It is bringing fashion to regular normal people. How's this for an idea? Artificial intelligence for fashion offering a new approach to visual recognition and an opportunity to disrupt the video advertising space. Did I get your attention? Well, I should have because in this episode we're going to talk to one of the winners of the pitch competition at the Alvanon and Corsite Trailblazers Conference in New York City. And you're going to find out why they're one of the winners. That's for a pretty good reason in a show that starts right now. This episode is presented by luxury footwear brand Tamara Mellon. Right now, as a listener of Fashion is Your Business, you can get a huge $100 off your first order from Tamara Mellon just by using code FIYB at checkout at www.tamaramellon.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A. M-E-L-L-O-N dot com. And don't forget, use code F-I-Y-B for $100 off your first order. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, powered by Sennheiser and recorded on location with Pavan Ball, Rob Sanchez, and Mark Rako. And now, here are your hosts... Balaji, welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you here, and congratulations Thanks. again on uh, being one of the winners of the pitch competition at the Trailblazers Conference. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I like to lead off with with this uh, hard-hitting question, and that is, uh, we'll get into more about what your company does, but why does your company matter? Why is what you're doing uh, going to, why does it exist, and, and, and how is it about to Let's call. Let's say change everything. Great question. So, why our company matters is we are a set of people uh, that have that come from different backgrounds, but have similar mission of solving problems for fashion. So we are eighteen people located mainly in New York City, and uh, uh, we have a satellite office in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, the main reason it's in Madison, Wisconsin, is that's where computer vision was born. And uh, we have a team of uh, research scientists that have like PhDs from particle physics and nuclear physics that are right now solving problems in deep learning uh, and using computer vision to identify um, uh, like latest, make the best use of the technology for visual recognition and video recognition. And uh, our technology could potentially span across any of the industries. The reason we picked fashion and why it matters the most was fashion was the hardest problem to solve. And uh, identifying clothing and specific types of the clothing and the brand and uh, uh, the pattern and the style is the hardest problem today. So that is the reason we chose fashion. What was the inspiration in going into fashion? So I understand that, yes, it's a big opportunity. It's also very complex. Um, 
traditionally visual search has been very difficult in fashion to tackle. I don't think anyone has done it really that, that well just yet. So this probably excites you guys being, uh, you have that deep, deep expertise. Um, but how did you first find out about this opportunity? And then second, then encourage or inspire a full team to get behind it? Yeah, the great question again. Uh, this was actually founded by our uh, CEO, Joy Tank. Uh, she was working in the Wall Street as uh, in the trading, and uh, uh, she uh, almost uh, was a machine learning scientist herself. And uh, uh, she saw like the greatest opportunity uh, laid in the fashion. She used to see like bunch of images coming in in the trading, and uh, uh, she saw this uh, fashion is the her passion for fashion. Yeah actually mattered the most and uh, that's how it all started the idea came in and uh, initially she started the company more like shazam for fashion mm -hmm. uh, as a mobile app for consumers and uh, later on we pivoted it for uh, the businesses because we identified that when we give the power to the actual existing fashion businesses, the fashion retail or the brands, they leverage it for their existing consumers and make it big. So I think this is a perfect time to explain through then what Markable is and what's the solution that you're bringing to the table. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned to you, we are solving the hardest problem in the fashion industry using computer vision and deep learning. Uh, how we started off was the image recognition the solving the problems for just image recognition, identifying what clothing is present on the images, detecting those, and then identifying the detailed attributes of those clothing, mm -hmm. all in a matter of a few milliseconds, and then doing the search for similar type of clothing. That's how we started. And this is uh, across when you started, it was like uh, across like a defined database of products. So maybe like a, a multi retailer like a multi-brand retailer like a Saks or something like that exactly that has a huge product selection exactly and then you say um, what i found really interesting is is i guess two functionalities is one that um with markable you can see s s items similar to this just by clicking that double t-shirt icon and then the other one was if you see a if you take a picture of something you like on the street or if you get inspired by taking a screen grab of something online, you could actually upload that and then find stuff in the catalog of that retailer exactly. that matches that. You so got that it. was really cool. You got it. Thank okay. you. Uh, so those were the initial applications. Right. And also we are using it for automating some of the boring side of the fashion industry where uh, fashion houses employ thousands and thousands of people to sit and manually tag all the uh, fashion images black dress one black strap dress, yeah, exactly uh, all every attribute and exactly there must be i mean you probably know this how many different attributes are there to uh, address so right now we have thousands of attributes yeah. and we are still <laughs> expanding it exactly you can grow uh, go as granular as as you can mm -hmm. there is no set taxonomy in the industry which yeah. is like more but than it is in the thousands industry. it's not like tens no. or you know no. dozens i mean for it's, someone yeah. to be an expert these are actually experts who sit and yep. manually tag day in and day out. This is how it's been done. Yeah, for hundreds of years, yep. it's been done like this. So we are changing that part of the industry using AI, automating it all in a matter of a few seconds and saving time for them. So they fashion houses can actually focus on trend analysis and the trend forecasting part of it and not spend time on some of the manual labor. We are making them intelligent. That's our first goal. It's interesting you said that because... 
the trend forecasting stuff is something that we've seen uh, with a, a company called Hurotech. Uh We met them in Copenhagen at Shop Talk last October, and um, that was their application to visual search, right? In AI. Yep. So they they attach to the that whole side of uh, the data set. Um, mm-hmm. But you decided now from going to a Shazam of fashion uh, to move into towards a B2B kind of uh, marketplace or, or solution. Can you talk about what triggers uh, did you identify or did the team identify in order to make that move? Yeah. So the main reason we moved away from uh, just being a B2C for fashion this was in 2016. We are right now in 2018. That time, uh, the move was made mainly because uh, there were more applications of AI rather than just providing a simple application to uh, consumers in the hands of the consumer. So our priority changed. Our priority changed. We saw a larger opportunity to help more retailers at that point. So that is the reason we moved away from the B2C portion of it to B2B and started helping out. I told you about one application. The other applications were there, such as like the product recommendations. We started doing that and we started offering uh, product recommendation, which you illustrated very well. Mm -hmm. Like it could be taking a screenshot and similarly identifying different types of clothing. The application of that can actually go into the omni-channel space for the retailers. So let's say, for example, Mm. if the retailer has a physical store where they have uh, in a mall or they have the online uh, business and the mobile business, everyone today has like a camera on their smartphone, a powerful camera. They're roaming out uh, with a powerful camera and a GPS that can connect and immediately they can look for uh, the availability of a particular product that they are interested in. If I see that black T-shirt that's really interesting, I can take a picture of it and I can look for similar type of black dress or the same exact match of that uh, product availability in four or five different places and I can choose whichever one costs less for me. The consumers want the right product at the cheaper price. So we are solving that problem first. Then getting into actually putting these applications in the hands of customers using a modern marketplace. That's Mm -hmm. where we want to go next. Oh, got it. So you want to be the marketplace. We want to be the marketplace. And I was wondering how that works with the applications into like Instagram and things like that. So you have another product where I guess you can... Uh, you, it's a web browser widget, essentially. So I could download it to Chrome or Firefox, and then uh, using that browser, uh, all of a sudden these icons come up, whether I'm doing, I'm on Pinterest or Instagram or wherever else I'm getting inspiration from, and then I could click into product uh, purchase pages from that or recommendations Absolutely. from that. Now, is that your own marketplace right now, or is that a multi-retailer or We don't consider that to be the marketplace. Okay. Uh, I can explain that to you. We have the extension on the Chrome Mm -hmm. and we can prepare customized extension for certain retailers as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea on the publisher marketplace is just to get like affiliate feeds from various retailers, fashion retailers, aggregate them and then uh, make the images and the video shoppable anywhere on the web. Interesting. So now you're talking about so when I'm looking at Instagram, it's not every Instagram picture that I see in my feed. It's really the from fashion. that. It's from that retailer itself. It's so that's from why the it's retailer. Going back to the retailer. Okay, got example, it, got it. you go to right. hashtag women's fashion, 
and look at all yeah. the latest inspirational clothing from Paris Hilton or Nicole Richie or sure. uh, Cameron Diaz. You can make that shoppable mm-hmm. and can bring in all the feeds from respective uh, fashion uh, brands like Chanel or Gucci and then mm-hmm. make them shop there. Gotcha. But but just to clarify, so if if I'm if I have a picture, if my girlfriend just happens to have a picture where she's holding up a Gucci bag, your fiance. My fiance, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, fiance, <laughs> Heather, don't listen to this. Uh, and she's holding up a Gucci bag. That's only going to connect with Markable if that image itself has been coded with. No, yeah. it'll it'll suggest Markable. things that are similar to that bag, even if that's not available. But, that exact one. But then here's my question. Right. So. Uh, my picture of my fiance mm-hmm. holding a Gucci bag, it, I haven't given permission for that picture to be used in that way. How how are you able to use copy basically copyrighted images and make them shoppable? Yeah, that's a, again a very good question. We uh, have like a contract with certain publishers. Right, like oh, we oh. so this work spe- with... this won't work off of Heather's Instagram. This will only work off of the retailers. Instagram. Okay, that's so, a, that's yeah. what I was asking. Yeah, so, yeah. like, if it, it it's not going to say now, I recognize all of these Gucci bags no. wherever they are. It's only in the images that have been basically contracted through exactly. that publisher. Okay, yeah, got it. Contracted through that publisher. If the publisher provides us the permission to make their images shoppable, mm-hmm. anyone that goes to their web to their website can. Um, look at that Gucci bag and look for similar type of uh, Mm -hmm. bags that are available. If that Gucci bag is $10,000, it's not affordable by everyone. If there is a similar bag that's for $100 and that's affordable, we can let the consumer consumer buy. So, Balaji, just help me out a little bit here. Connect the two different types of products here, the difference between, say, user-generated content and uh, content that publishers or brands are putting out there and Mm -hmm. and the difference in the way that you work with the different content. Yeah. So even a lot of publishers today have the user-generated content. Out of smartphones, there is more than a billion pictures generated on the internet. Yeah, on on, on shopping sites. On shopping sites. So there is a lot of user-generated content right there. And uh, that is really helping us. And the second thing is the uh, all the uh, catalog images. When you say the retailer images, all these are high high quality catalog images yeah. uploaded by the users. Other than that, other than the shop, inspirational mm-hmm. images, which we call it as inspirational images, the mm-hmm. user generated content or uh, street style images. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, these are actually helping us generate more and more relevant kind of. Uh, um, products from those images. Interesting. Now, in user-generated content, if we could just focus on that for a second, um, how do you, obviously with um, brand-created content, uh, you're going to have much more control over what's in those images. You can curate them and catalog them much more easily. But in user-generated content, you really never know what someone's going to come up with. Yeah, You're never going to really know about the quality of the image, the angle the image is taken from, the lighting conditions, and so forth. 
So how do you deal with the fact that there is a, a, a wider range of variables here and be able to maintain your professed 95% accuracy? Can, can, I jump in on this? can I jump in on this one yeah, for a little please. bit? Because my assumption is that you're not dealing with that at all. Like the brand is dealing with that in the sense that like there's the a portal, only, right? So only allowing you. Well, you know, yeah, that, there's that, an that admin panel. Like you're, you're not going to put out anything there with a specific hashtag. Just like, you know, when we talk to like Associus mm -hmm. or uh, Accurolate or any sure. of these guys, right? Like – those are the, the those portals that like, okay, hashtag this and then we'll put you, you know, on our website or in the product yeah, page. Or, yeah, so th those are already filtered out by the brand. So any USG content that shows up on their Instagram feed or on their product pages are already curated. You know what I mean? Yeah, to some extent, yes. But this is where our technology comes into play because we collect data and we train the data. So once the data and our models are trained, our model automatically identifies and picks only the right content. It doesn't mm -hmm. uh, uh, bring some certain content that are offensive mm -hmm. or certain content that are not related. It tries not to even look Nobody at it. Nobody could gamify it? No, like no gamify yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. There is going to but be... But you're learning from errors, too. We are learning from errors. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that that's sure, where Matt. the AI yeah. comes into play. <laughs> So even if something is wrongly coded, if you say it's a black shirt, you call that as a white shirt, mm -hmm. our system will automatically recognize, oh, it's a black shirt. Yeah. It's yeah. not white. That's right. Or with me and my fiance where we argue whether the pants are black or, or blue. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. The colorblindness. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, I am definitely – are you colorblind or no? No. Well, I don't know. I do have some colorblindness. Uh, so yeah. I was looking through one of those um, those picture <clears throat> books at an um, optometry office, like probably in, in college days now, 15 years back. And I'm looking through it and, you know, you could clearly define, oh, that's a number one or that's a bird. or yeah. And then I got to one page. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, I don't see anything. Like it was just a bunch of smudge. I'm like, uh, so I go up to, to the optometrist. I'm like, excuse me. That's like, you know, so is there an image? Yeah. Is there an, is there an image on this page? And I was just kind of like flipping through. She goes, oh, congratulations to colorblind. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I was like, great. We so have really a product that, that uh, looks at the hue. <laughs> Not yeah. the color, the RGB values yep, of specific yep. hue and can identify uh, the exact yeah. uh, kind of blue. There are like mm -hmm. uh, two, two, 2,000 shades of blue. We can identify the exact RGB value. All right. Coming up, you'll hear Balaji discuss not only more about why Markable uh, differentiates itself from others in the marketplace, but what's next and how Balaji is going to be uh, disrupting the video advertising marketplace. More right after this. If you want to make sure your footwear is as beautiful as the rest of you, you need a little bit of Tamara Mellon in your life. Tamara co-founded Jimmy Choo in the 90s, and now she's launched her own namesake brand, which is handmade in Italy by family-owned factories and without the six-time retail markup. The best shoes for a better price direct to you. And let's be honest, who doesn't love great shoes? Get this. Right now, as one of the Fashion Is Your Business listeners, you can get a whopping $100 off your first order from Tamara Mellon just by using code FIYB at checkout at www.tamaramellon.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-O-N.com. And don't forget, use code FIYB for $100 off your first order.
You can follow Fashion Is Your Business on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available at fashionisyourbusiness.com and listen and subscribe wherever the best podcasts are found. I'm curious to to hear about how you cut through the noise. I mean, I touched upon it earlier. Um, you know, the, people have been, or companies have been trying to innovate in this space for quite some time, uh, more often than not, uh, without success. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of companies have now explored visual search in a meaningful way and have gotten burned, right? Like, have lost some investment there a lot of time. Between that and then other products that we've seen out on the market, whether it's, uh, you know, a cosine or, you know, of course, uh, you have now even Instagram talking about shoppable Insta and things like that. How does that whole world kind of relate to to your product? How do you internalize that from a product market fit? And uh, how do you cut through that noise? Yeah. Uh, so there is like a lot of noise and uh, this noise is very applicable because we have been searching using text since 1994, since Amazon was sure. born. Mm-hmm. This is the era where after a long time, we are uh, taking a break from the text and realize that text search always doesn't work in shopping, especially in fashion. Are you seeing that user behavior really transfer now? Are you seeing Slowly. that shift? It's, okay. The shift is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, more and more consumers are trying to learn about this video visual experience. Uh, a couple of years ago, Alexa made the revolution in the voice. Right now, it's a visual recognition uh, revolution that is happening. In a couple of years, by 2020, I see visual recognition will be one of the common uh, ways of searching uh, on the e-commerce websites, especially for clothing category or the home decor or the furnishing. Uh, these are the v- more visual categories. It's interesting because uh, like does, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here, but uh, does the rise of voice search uh, cloud kind of that um, adoption, right? Or uh, like just stifle it a little bit, right? Like because the voice, as you mentioned, voice has, I mean, gone up triumphantly in the yep. last year or two. Yep. Um, you know, with, of course, smart speaker, but it really started with Siri, right? Getting people conditioned to, to using voice, right? So right. for me, I never got comfortable with voice until I, you know, I was using Snapchat. And that was the first time I got comfortable with even hearing my own voice and talking to a device. Yeah. And then from there, I started using Alexa at home and and that was it. Like it just kind of goes on from there. So, yeah. so ne- but now I'm not thinking visual at all. So do you think, that is kind of that's made an effect a bit yeah it is coming actually mm-hmm. uh right now uh, as i was telling you a little bit earlier uh we actually made this available to the b2b's and we are planning to get this in the hands of the consumer once we go mainstream to the consumers and provide with a modern marketplace we are building out confidentially an app for the modern marketplace where we provide, we have our own inventory and uh, we provide um, uh, the visual shopping experience to the consumers and uh, show how shopping should be done. Then people might realize in it, this will happen in by two, the late 2019 or 2020 timeframe, it will be, become like a commonplace. That is interesting. I, I I do agree with this. I mean, especially like the the way like inspiration is is captured these days, right? So um, yeah. if I'm walking on the street, 
I, you know, I see somebody wearing something that a jacket that might be interesting and, you know, taking a quick shot of it. And yeah, we want everyone to know uh, how to dress like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Only the celebrity should not have that privilege. Everyone should uh, is uh, deserves that. Everyone should, deserves how to dress like celebrity. We want uh, we have features like how to wear it or complete the look. Uh, we want to bring all this mainstream at the right time of shopping before completing the purchase. We want people to shop the right things at the right time in the right place. Our discussion to this point has been talking about static images. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. You know, you have alluded to before getting on mic that you're moving towards video and disrupting that whole ad marketplace. Let's let's talk about the future. What's going on with Markable? Where are you guys headed towards? So we can identify any kind of uh, fashion objects on the video and we can power similar kind of fashion uh, products from our catalog and show it to the consumers at the right context and make it shoppable. And not just shoppable, we have a unique way of integrating with the payment system on the video so users need not get interrupted, go to some other destination and then come back. They can either save it and shop on the video at, after the show gets over or if they are really interested in shopping in that particular moment, they can complete the transaction on the video itself. That's now are how we, we talking are YouTube or we're also talking television live or no? Yeah, we are talking okay. about not just the online video, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm working with some of the big TV networks mm-hmm. around the world to introduce our API into yeah. the device well, smart provider, TVs really taking smart off. TVs, and make yeah. it available on the TV network. Do this you, is a big disruptor. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that we're we're primed to see. Uh, I mean, there's been some early adopters or users or testers, I guess, of yeah. e-commerce through smart TV, and they've seen some good success. Yeah. Do you do you find that uh, kind of moving towards the future now? Progressing? Very much, very yeah. much. The main reason is actually not just the user experience, but uh, the current state of the video ad industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from the ad tech background for almost two decades. Ah, there it is. Okay. We have, between <laughs> the marketer and the publisher, we have thousands of stakeholders that are doing different things in the video industry mm-hmm. and the programmatic uh, uh, ad industry has taken over with so many stakeholders. You don't know sure. which all stakeholders have your impression gone over to the publisher mm-hmm. and how much cut you are giving to everyone. And uh, there is no transparency in ROI. This is the biggest problem for the marketers. And uh, they don't get the, they really don't get any kind of shopping done through the ads. We are changing that. Do you know anything about the user behavior with television specifically for like network television versus on demand or like, you know, so programmatic, it really lends itself to, you know, a Netflix or a Hulu or any of those types of like, you know, if you have Apple TV, any of those basically devices. Or it's mainly devices. branded advertising. Yeah. There is no, um, the there is no expectation, anything beyond branding. Right. There is no Well, conversion. if you're talking about programmatic being specific to me mm-hmm. as the, like as Pubbin or for Biology, like specific ads that focus on... On us or yeah. serve just to us. These are that can only be done in the on-demand or the in-demand television kind of world, right? Yeah. So, so are you seeing like? Uh, do you know anything about? And I know this is going a little bit straying off topic, but do you know anything about the user behavior in terms of television usage, uh, whether it's network 
uh, in real time versus... Um, yeah, so linear television can be targeted at uh, what kind of programs are being watched mm-hmm. and who is the uh, target audience for these type of programs and then target a segment of people that would watch between 7 and 7.30 p.m. at night on ABC7. Yeah. These type of programs they are targeted towards or uh, to, between 2 and 3 p.m. during the weekdays. Uh, so like uh, housewives are targeted mm-hmm. not like uh, cert- yeah. there are certain segments uh, so we are moving away from that and exactly. trying to move with relevant content and uh, like if you are watching Sex and the City show uh, we are HBO going to on, demand, on HBO or, yeah. On Demand we are going to target mm-hmm. for the clothing that to be you see on yeah. uh, what Sarah Jessica Parker is wearing right. and we are going to show similar type of dresses mm-hmm. we are not going to show like the pet food ad during that time. How far are you from this? Uh, we already have the product and uh, we are right now conducting some beta uh, programs with some of the fashion uh, uh, on the video network with fashion brands. And we plan to go mainstream by the end of this year. Interesting. Is your, like, are you seeing that this might be the catalyst to kind of change this user behavior or adoption in visual search, like the way that people search. Yeah. Is it is it a bigger opportunity with television versus, you know, e-commerce? Yeah, exactly. This is like a, not an explicit search, but the search, it's a pull advertising, right? You are like, without searching, you get all the relevant things right in front of you. This is more like a Google AdSense which where you don't type and search, whereas the relevant contextual ads that come into play in the text ads, we are doing the similar kind of thing on the video. I'm curious to hear like, so where are you finding the most opportunity in terms of BD for this company? Because there are multiple angles that you could approach this for. So you have to be concentrated in some capacity. Are it like, what are the, the best environments for you right now? Is it things like, uh, you know, the trailblazers? Is it like a shop talk, those types of things? Or is it really picking up the phone, trying to get it in touch with network televisions and, and kind of getting through that route like where is your focus yeah if you could be right connected now? to specific have, kinds of people yeah, right now that would which like, are the transform rooms your business who would be yeah. yeah yeah so there are a lot of people inbound that are they are coming to us okay. and we have to vet clearly who to work with they so uh, is that a result of pr or what is, or is that, it that's a result PR? of uh mainly google seo and sem so being a fashion is your business yeah, yeah. sure sure it must be <laughs> People are searching. Yeah, no, they're going to, yeah, there's going to be lines outside of your door now. And course. definitely conferences <laughs> like this, the trailblazers and yeah. uh, the word of mouth marketing, as well as mm-hmm. people looking for podcasts like this and learning more about the technology and coming to us. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely there. And uh, there are, in some cases, there are, there are existing customers of some of our competitive companies that are uh, frustrated with and they want to come to us because of our technology, mainly in terms of the accuracy and the speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reason we are getting and how do you prove that out like what that story specifically is to me is the most important persuasion that you need to do right yeah um because of how much history there has been with people trying and and you know failing to a certain degree on this yeah we have set some standards and uh, we have exceeded that mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the accuracy uh, the research community looks at the top two results. At any point of time, you are doing a search. The top two results, the accuracy is 77%, which is very high when compared to the Google search accuracy, which is closer to 10%. And uh, the speed, we our search speed alone is roughly around 0.5 uh, seconds. 
Yeah. which is very uh, uh fast it's compared fast. to <laughs> it's compared fast to in general forget about what yeah. you're comparing it to it, does, yeah. it doesn't need to be much faster than that and uh, our test catalog is like yeah. 25 million images okay, and we it. are uh, doing the test and showing it at any point of time so this is these are convincing aspects for some company to come and do a pilot with us and then convert into a real client how how does the uh, search results in video change because there's more images flowing. Yeah, so uh that's a great question because in the video is nothing but the images Just that are pixel, constantly yeah. changing yeah. frame by frame by frame. So the our search visual search technology whatever we have the existing technology actually works in the video except the difference between the image and the video is all about the training data. We get like lot of uh existing video we need to collect go and collect there's snippets of video and then have people sit and manually draw bounding boxes for right. every frame and then train those video you have to models frame it, yeah yeah before yeah so it's basically it's the same technology it's You're the just, same technology yeah. same process but yeah. video is slightly harder the if upfront time that we need to spend on annotating Absolutely. and training the models are you looking at trying to develop technology that can accomplish that in a more automated way yeah the uh, so robots the, training <laughs> aspect is cannot be automated the data annotation aspect have to be uh, done we have to train the existing models for that uh, the raw aspect cannot be automated that is like mm-hmm. the one time thing that has to happen yeah, up front and then once it's trained and then it, yeah. it'll work okay yeah. this is a pain point across all the ai companies so last question before we go into a break is uh, you you had mentioned um the interest in starting a marketplace. Uh I want to get back to that. Uh, I want to get an opportunity to talk that through a little bit. So what do you have in mind there? Yeah, because visual search will become uh common in the next 2 to 3 years. Mm-hmm. You will see visual well, search. You said 2020, you promised us. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what's happening. Yeah, you happening. can take it from me. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> because done. uh I was at CVPR a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Computer yeah. that's the biggest computer vision conference in the world. Mm-hmm. uh with around 6000 scientists all from all over the world in one place in utah and uh almost computer vision is becoming a very common thing it take all the big giants like amazon or google uber all these companies are using visual search and yeah. uh, uh uh everyone is building out different types of application it will become common yeah. so for us to differentiate how, how far how far so the, all the all the companies are using it how long so you're saying 2020 till the consumers use it till yeah you will see you will yeah. see in the consumer market place everywhere yeah. uh so for us markable to be a leader in the space uh, to hold our position we have to uh, be uh, innovative and uh, take the leadership in the innovation so uh, we actually see the next 5 to 7 years where this market is going and we are heading in that play uh, in that direction very quickly and the modern marketplace is we call it as modern marketplace which is making people shop from anywhere for the right type of images uh, or the right type of fashion not images through a let it be image or video or any type of content content agnostic platform agnostic we want people to find the right type of clothing that is personalized to them and with the right type of inspiration and then shop there were three winners at the trailblazers uh, conference and another one was uh, solar 
or Rev Cascade. So they do the uh, the back end uh, dropship technology, right? Yeah. Have you, and did you did you hear much about Solar? What they're doing with the like influencer marketplaces and things like that? Yeah, I'm going to be in touch with them. Okay. Yeah, actually. it makes a lot of sense. There's a huge overlap in in what you could potentially collaborate on over there. Yeah, I'm because planning to collaborate. That side and I'm planning uh, to collaborate with Rev Cascade and a few other companies that I. Oh, that's so interesting. So so Josh and and Andrea are coming in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right after this. So. At least share ideas because mm-hmm. uh, we uh, I we want to share ideas and figure out like where the industry overall is going there are yeah. so many innovations that are happening everything is great their their bet is basically that every influencer will have their own marketplace right they could select brands that they want to represent yeah exactly could, you know exactly they, they don't have to work off affiliate anymore right so. and we are building the publisher relationships as well right like uh, big fashion publishers if you look at in the u.s there is not one company that's dominating the clothing e-commerce mm-hmm. which is fascinating yeah if you look at CPG or anything else, Amazon is mm-hmm. the clear dominator, right? There, there's a war going on between Walmart and Amazon, and Amazon always been leading. But if you look at clothing, there is not one, um, there is no one company. There are around 800 e-commerce uh, websites and clothing that are very popular. There is no no one dominant clo- clothing provider. And uh, China is way ahead in this game. If you look at the T-Mall of Alibaba, or uh, uh, JD.com or new companies that are coming in, they are moving much faster with the AI as well as the e-commerce aspect of it. And uh, we want to adopt a similar type of uh, um, uh, e-commerce behavior in the US, but we want to take one step further with the use of the visual recognition as well as the video recognition in the e-commerce marketplace and put it in the hands of every consumer out there on the smartphones. That's where we are heading. All right, Balaji, let's let's close this segment with this quick question. The name Markable. How has the thinking of what that name meant, why it was chosen in the beginning as far as the mission of the company and how you, you looked at the company perhaps transformed over time as you've seen more and more of the possibilities that the company gives? Uh, I'll be honest here. So uh, the Markable name was chosen by the founder mainly uh, because markable is to note something, like mark something, and that particular image is markable. So that's how it was chosen as like markable. Uh, I joined the company late last year, so I don't have uh, much context into that beyond that. Now you can create your own context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come if we end up... Uh, the in the marketplace and we want a new name for it, then we can create a new name. Oh, it's a good name. <laughs> good name, I think. All right, coming up, we're going to find out more more context uh, about uh, Balji's story as we go into off-the-grid questions right after this. We'll be right back. Are you interested in conversations about the crossroads of business and innovation? What if those conversations were about the largest industry in the U.S.? Hi, I'm Tom Kutzman. If you answered yes to both of those questions, then it's about time you check out Real Estate Is Your Business on the Mouth Media Network. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, realestateisyourbusiness.com.
Okay, Biology, it's time to talk a little bit less about Markable, a lot more about you, because it's time for... And now, it's time for Questions Off The Grid, with fashion is your business. That's right, Off The Grid questions, where we ask questions, frankly, a little off the grid, a little more personal in nature, as our listeners know, and the way uh, that we make sure that we have a different order every time that we ask the questions is uh, by a spin of our wheel of grid destiny today. It's just me and Pavin uh, as the ho- in the host chairs. Um, but, you know, just for old time's sake, we'll spin the wheel and see the order of the questions. These are a little bit more personal in nature and, uh, you know, just want to discover a little bit more about you. So I'm going to give the wheel a big spin. Uh, and it has arrived at Pavin. Okay, so I, I've often experienced um, like where I am today has like there's always been clues leading up to, okay, why, why this makes sense, right? This may, you know, what I'm doing here with Mouth Media and with Mark and Rob, like this makes sense because of small sprinklings of things that happened in my childhood and adolescence, right? Mm-hmm. That I could, okay, it's like full circle, right? Mm-hmm. So these, these moments. Are there moments that you've had in your childhood or adolescence that make sense for you to be working in retail in this capacity right now? Like, has there been clues that you look at and say, wow, you know, like this is this is definitely uh, this is something that has been paid for me before? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I grew up in India. So we didn't have like uh, a retail chain. Mm-hmm. We never had yeah. like a. <laughs> they, they, don't have, they, they don't have strip groceries. malls on every single block. No, <laughs> I've never been to a mall. The very first mall I've ever been We're in, in my life yeah. was in New Orleans when I moved to uh, the US. Okay. Uh, what brought that, you there, by the way? So I came here for my graduate education. Okay. Uh, Were you in Tulane or? Uh, in University of New Orleans. Nice. And uh, that was that's where I first saw like huge grocery chains and uh, <laughs> shopping <laughs> malls. And uh, that was fascinating. And uh, w- malls, What city in India are you from? Uh, I'm from Chennai. Chennai, India, sure. Madras. Of yeah. course. Uh, we never had uh, uh, this type of culture. Mm-hmm. But today, everything exists. The mall, right. there are so many malls in India. They're beautiful because they're, they're new. Yeah, they're new. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I growing up, I didn't have, uh, um, I didn't have uh, access to retail. And uh, uh, interestingly enough, I started working in the retail space at Nielsen here in the U.S., and uh, globally, I started working with different retailers, uh, uh, and uh, there are there are so many retailers in India too, but they are all, they are all CPGs. There is not retail. Yeah, there are there course. are CPGs. So I wanted to transform deep inside. Like I want to transform retail and make it accessible for everyone around the world. It's not just in one country, but uh, yeah. I want to see uh, the benefits of it uh, around the world. And with the online and mobile and other technologies around there, you can create the virtual malls. Yeah, the availability is there. Availability is there. Mm-hmm. You don't need to look for the real estate mm-hmm. or you don't need the lead time to build out a mall is mm-hmm. much smaller right now. <laughs> so that's where. And uh, combined with my entrepreneurial background, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've been in uh, more like a, I've acted more like an entrepreneur in all the fast growth companies in the past. And uh, that's the passion. That's the kind of atmosphere I can work in. Uh, I want to see uh, things in action faster. 
uh, and uh, want to see the benefits to the consumers directly. So combine the combination of both these things uh, is what is driving. Yeah. All right, another uh, spin of the wheel for some reason, and of course it comes to me. So biology, uh, my question is this: uh, If someone can bring you a gift, and that gift is going to be a bullseye. What's going to be the nature of a gift that someone gives to you that is going to just be like almost bring a tear to your eye like they know me when they got me this gift? Uh, the idea for the next 50 years. The idea. <laughs> give you, a, give you a, a realm of the future. <laughs> yeah, realm of the future in terms of what it looks like because I'm fascinated by the future and the futuristic things. And uh, the ideas, the concepts, the various concepts. Would you settle for a Star Wars box set movie question <laughs> or something? I don't know. But, but probably something I would imagine, a, a book or a, or a film or something else that that has in it those types of inspirations. Like Minority really Report? Connects, oh, which, yeah. by the way, has been referenced on this show more times than I yeah, can count it. For sure. It turns out to be a vision of the future. That yeah. You, you point to. Um, I'm fascinated by ideas in general. At Yahoo, I used to be very... Yahoo was a company uh, when it was like uh, very popular as a number one portal. They encouraged people to come up with like a lot of ideas and uh, they used to encourage that kind of... Uh, uh, of an atmosphere. So I used to be very passionate about ideas and uh, ideas used to flow. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm you, that kind of a person. Are you a science fiction fan? I you, used to be when I was uh, when, when I was a kid. When yeah. you had time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was a favorite science fiction um, concept or film or characters or story that... Uh, Invisible Man. Yeah. <laughs> Is, it, is that because you wanted to be invisible? Yeah, that was uh, fun because uh, yeah, you okay, could you could observe everything. Yeah. A lot of corporate espionage <laughs> that way. I guess. Find out that idea for the next fifty years. No, it sounds like you guys are uh, blazing your own trail on your own. So, yeah. uh, and speaking of blazing a trail, congratulations again on Trailblazers and uh, being oh, one of the winners you. of that pitch composition. Uh, of that pitch competition, it does sound like it was well deserved. You guys have a really interesting path ahead. You're carving out a really good one right now. So thanks well so done. much. Uh, what kind of a final thought could you leave our listeners, whether it's reflecting on this conversation, your observations of the world, or just maybe a piece of wisdom you'd like to leave behind? So um, I would say the e-commerce, the e-commerce marketplace and the uh, landscape is going to significantly change in the next five to 10 years with the proliferation of artificial intelligence. And uh, with the, on one end, the visual recognition technologies are uh, becoming uh, a commonplace and the voice recognition too. At the end of the day, I think of it like this, right? The combination of human senses is going to uh, arrive in the uh, through the technology. Today, it is the voice and the visual. There are other senses. I don't know how uh, the technology is going to fulfill. That's mm. where it has to go. Eventually, at some point of time, we need to bring in the touch technology, yeah. the touch with vision and uh, uh, listening uh, capability, along with the other senses, the combination of it, so we can get into the virtual world. That's where it is heading. 
I'm waiting until the day when you, you're going to have to have a breath mint before you talk on your phone. Just like, <laughs> have all the sensory input, right? Okay. And uh, how can people connect with uh, you and Markable uh, and maybe the types of people that you're looking to connect with right now? We are uh, available on all the social media channels like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And a uh, simple way to reach is my first name at markable.ai. It is Balaji, B-A-L-A-J-I, at Markable.ai. Or uh, if you can send a, a message through the contact at Markable.ai, we are uh, very fast in responding. And the social handle is at Markable? At Markable.ai. Got it. Awesome. All right. Balaji Ravindran, the CEO of Markable. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for this episode of Fashion is Your Business, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it and, and love to share the time with you. For Pub and Ball, Shake It Easy. I'm Mark Rako. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.